last week on Forged by Fire. Welcome to Forged by Fire. My name is Ryan Stevens. I'm here with my good buddy, Rob Hefley. We also have a special guest today that I'm super excited about. His name's Daniel Shaw. Kind of weird. I don't know how. How did we How do we become friends? I mean, I mean probably because we hung out every day and we, we broke my bones. You're not, I think this thing, God has given you this life. It's like you to be a steward of it. You got to sit there. You got 86,000 seconds a day. What are you going to do with it? You can sit there and go after it. Maybe fail, fall flat on your face. At the end of the day, you know, God's going to be the one to determine if you're successful or not. So hopefully our listeners listen and say, you know what? You know, I got dreams. What's stopping me from going and doing it? Yeah. Dude. My nose was straighter before I met you. Dude, do you want to oh, tell yeah. that story? <laughs> no, <laughs> we don't need to tell. But Ryan broke my, well, Brian, Ryan, he was the force vector. <laughs> Simon Sinek fan, you know, know your why. You know, like, why you're doing something? I ask that question, why are you doing this? If you don't know why you're doing it, why, you know, stop. So quit. Whatever you can find, whatever that dream is, learn the ins and outs of it. Learn, learn it. And while you're still doing whatever else you're doing, find time in your life to start doing it. We're not special. I think that's what makes Forged by Fire so important for our listeners is that we're not someone special. Daniel Shaw is not someone special. Ryan Stevens, Rob Hepp, we're not some. we're not someone special. We're, we just decided that it's not okay to not get after it, I think. Welcome to Forge by Fire. My name's Ryan Stevens. This is the Daniel Shaw interview part two. A few years ago, we gave everything away to friends, whoever needed it, whatever, sold a couple of things that are worth you know, a decent amount of money, um, put some stuff in storage, bought an RV. We lived in an RV for like three years. Uh, just traveled around. I got one I'll say right now. I invented a job, multiple jobs. I worked 90 hours a week, sometimes more than that, every single week to be able to travel around the country and live in an RV. But that 90 hours a week work was right next to the people I care about the most. Wow. But, and getting small and doing that with just what matters. I don't like doors shut in my house. I don't like, uh, I, don't, I don't use all four burners on my stove most of the time. Three in the RV is totally fine. I'm good with it. Right. Like I don't need four. Um, and that's, that's the way I, I, we don't have knickknacks on the wall. We hardly ever hang pictures. This isn't home, man. Home is wherever my wife and kids are. That's it. It's wow. not, it's not a building. It doesn't matter. Uh, and that was, it was so awesome. I got to take my, my child, he's nine now all over the country and see things that I never got to see. Like we got to go see the Grand Canyon together. We got to see the Hoover Dam together. We went to Roswell. I've been wanting to go to see Roswell when I was a kid <laughs> to see the dusty old garbage museums. Loved it, man. We can't wait to go back to Roswell. Like it's, um, we, we got to go all over the country and do things. It took a lot of work. This wasn't easy, right? Being able to make a living and do that at the same time and live in an RV. And, and the, I've got an amazing wife when the, the toilet breaks. Uh, she, she free up my time because she knows my time is valuable doing other things for the family. We're a team, man. Have, yeah. Having a team, you create a team. We'll be both outside hooking this thing up, setting it up. You, you, the kid, you know, he's got his things that he needs to do when we move in. So it's like building this, this community with your family, uh, which was, it, it was amazing. And we, we still have the RV because we just I've been talking about putting it on consignment because we're living in a house right now. But uh, it's like, I don't know if I can bring myself to, to saying, to making it complicated to go back to that life um, because I, I miss it. Um, I, I like house living, but I, I really miss that, that living small with the people that you care about the most. You know, you can't walk past your wife without rubbing up against her, right? Oh, yeah. That's what a man ought to be doing to his wife anyway, Boom. you know? Every day. It's like, it, you can't, because it's, it's tight, it's a tight space. Uh, I can't, I can't. I got to sit right on top of my son or right next to him and give him a hug while he's doing something. We're watching TV together because we don't have a, a big couch, right? So it's, uh, it, it, it builds this closeness and it's, it's, it's amazing. And, uh, 
that was that was my dream was to do that. And I have a, I when I when I when I have a dream like that, like I, when it's time, and it looks like everything that I I I, I work for I work for I work for three years with that my goal, and then uh, and when it finally happened and we hit the gas pedal the first time. It was, it was amazing, man. We, we didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know how many breakdowns we would have. We didn't know what kind of problems we were going to have. We were going to go out there and we, we were going to do it. And it's the best feeling ever. So if you, if you're in a, if you, man, I'm not saying be reckless when I talk about, you know, different advice, what I give them, we have to take care of our, our family. But I have a saying with, with shooting, you know, if we're in a violent encounter and there's a lot of innocent people in the area and I have to stop somebody, um, and there, and I may need to shoot near someone else without giving a long story here. Is it, is there more risk associated with not shooting or is there more risk associated with shooting? If the answer to that question is there more, there's more risk of, of associated with me not shooting right now that I need to take that shot. If they're going to hurt two people before I get to a position where I can fire and the chance of me hitting somebody is low, then uh, our innocent person is low, then I, the risk associated with me not shooting is greater than the risk associated with me shooting. So if you're in a position out there where you're, you're, your life is miserable, you're depressed, you're having a hard time for whatever reason it is, uh, you're arguing with your wife, your kids are resenting you, you're resenting them, you know, whatever, that kind of stuff's happening right then. You know, like nobody's going to come along and change your life. Like you got to change your life. And uh, find, even, even if you need to live below your means, not drive the Mercedes and drive a little beater car, whatever it is, I guarantee you you're going to be happier and more fulfilled living in an RV with a, with a 10-year-old old truck like I had and uh and and the older and, and not the greatest RV out there uh you'll be happier in that going out there having a little bit of discomfort together uh but being free you know being happy I think I think one of the Dude, things I, I, love I live that. I live a lot like this too I have a greater fear of not doing stuff I have a greater fear of staying mediocre like not hey going out there and trying that big thing and even last week man uh I talked to Ryan a little bit. This my wife was launching a podcast, and uh, she, uh, man, my wife is introverted, but she's like she's, she's a kid. boss. She's a boss. I mean, she works her job. She's the top top ten in a company, a MLM company, in you know last five years. But she wanted to do this completely new foreign territory for her. I mean, just kind of one of those things that she she does good speaking, but she's not she's not a natural speaker. And I'm like, and I was sitting there, and I was kind of like trying to push her, nudge her. And I was like, if you're going to do it, do it. I was like, if you're not going to do it, you're all in. Like the way you are, you know, she got pissed. I mean, she got mad at me. It sounds like, like me and my wife. I was, like, I, was like, I was like, I was like, I was like, he was like, don't do it. I was like, you know, I was like, you, you do, I was like, you do everything with excellence. You're like, you do it all the way. You're a perfectionist. That's who you are. But I was like, come on, we're going to do this. We're going to do it right. And I was like, if you're going to hit number one, you're going to hit number one. You know, you are not going to sit there and not have half asses. And I was like, okay. I love that. You know, that morning I had, she launched it the morning. I had an MRI in Little Rock at seven o'clock. So she launched it that morning. And I started like hammering every person I knew from every pretty much ever met. I felt like, which is a lot of people. I went and, wh- people. and what'd you call that? You called uh, it was a really cool social term. capital. I mean, social I was like cashed in. I was like, I, I love that. I was dude. like, I offered everything except for sexual favors. I was like, you know, <laughs> I was like, you remember? But the thing was like a lot of people I'm cashing I, mine in. Yeah, I've invested in their lives though too, yeah. helping them out. You know, but I was like, you know, thank the Lord. But it's so cool because I got to talk to so many people throughout you know the day and I, I got through my MRI and I was supposed to meet somebody for breakfast and they canceled and so I went to Conway uh, I went to just the Starbucks at a meeting at 12 30 and stood there for four hours and just like hammered you know as much people but I was like we're a team 
we're going to do this and I want you to freaking do I your very best. You know? that. And I watched her, you know, 930, it came out. She's like number 80 something, you know, then she slowly, you know, she sit You're there refreshing all day. You know, huh? I'm sitting there like going, I was like, come on. I was like, you know, I was like, you know, she's sitting there like, you know, I'm good. And I'm like, no, it was freaking going from number one. We're going to sit there. I'm like up all night. Like it's four in the morning. The next morning I slept like three or four hours. I'm up in there just like hammering away, sharing, you know, sitting there on our stuff. But I was like, you know, she hit number one. But I was like, the thing about it is like, you know, go for it. I mean, like if she would have hit 88, that would have been the top. That would have been freaking awesome. I mean, to me, that's an accomplishment. And I was like, you, th those things is like so many times people have a fear of not of failing. And that's, you're going to fail. I mean, you're yeah, going to fail. Yeah. But that's where you learn it, man. That's fail yeah. forward you fast. You said this a little while ago, Ryan, when you were talking about the way you grew up and the way you you, you thought you weren't good enough because you were programmed that way. A lot I of was. folks are that way. You know, social media, if you're on there right now, if I could tell you, how many people, when I told them I was going to retire and get out of the Marine Corps and what I was going to do, how many people told me it wasn't going to happen? Yeah. Like, you can't do that. There's no jobs out there, man. You're, you're crazy if you're getting out. You can't do that. And how many people have told me what I can't do my entire life because I'm, I'm not a huge guy, right? I've had very poor vision since I was born, right? Like, I, like I almost didn't get in the Marine Corps. People have told me so many things that I wasn't going to be able to do in my life. And that's like, to me, that's fuel, right? Like, that's, that's even more of a reason for me to do it. But the problem is that we've created this culture in the U.S. especially on social media and this groupthink mentality where you're limited to things that you can do. People like to make themselves feel better by belittling others and projecting their own limitations onto other people. That's right. And I tell people that all the time, like, dude, don't put your limitations on me because they don't apply. Cause I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I like to think of myself and I, I know cause I'm human. I have plenty of limitations. I have plenty of them, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to try to overcome every single one of those tomorrow. Right. So it's, uh, I just, the, the limitations out there that I see it all the time, like even in the firearms world in um, in the motivation world in the everything, uh, that's what you can and can't do. Like, don't ever let anybody tell you what to think and don't let anybody ever tell you what you can or, or cannot accomplish. Dude, this is what I like. This is what I challenge our listeners and anybody who jumps on this podcast. You have to surround yourself with people that have vision and motivation like both of you. I'm telling you, when I hang out with you, Daniel, like, you motivate me, dude. Like, and, and Rob, I mean, we've had numerous talks, and I mean, you're, you're, you're my best friend. What is awesome is when we get around, when, when you and I, I've never heard you talk bad about somebody else. When you and I get together, it's what? We're talking vision, dreams. We're, you know, how do we build? We're like, uh, our wives were joking around. They were like, um, uh, your wife peeked around the corner and said, you guys look like Pinky in the brain trying to take over the world, right? Daniel and I Every were sitting day. here. Yeah, we were, we were sitting in my living room just like, here are the possibilities. Which one do we want to shoot? Like, Yeah, that's exactly we, right. We that's have, like we have all, but let me tell you though. But it's real funny, so I don't forget that you say all that about surrounding yourself with positive people because that would be my, when I said I had a couple of, of, of things for, for people or uh, advice for people that, you know, are stuck that way and they, they think they're stuck and they, they, they want to change their lives and, and do something they don't think they can do. And the other one is eliminate all negativity. This is where Boom. I get that Matthew McConaughey sound and that a little bit hippie. Um, like, man, there is, there's the only thing more powerful than positivity is negativity. It is a incredibly powerful influence on a you. Cancer. When so, it is, it will, it will literally kill yeah. you. Um, 
having the negativity, uh, man, like how choosing how you respond to people, you, we get to choose. And, you know, I, I, I've been diagnosed with, with post-traumatic stress, uh, with, I'm sure Ryan has as well. And there's <laughs> tons of people, uh, it's a common thing. And there's other things that come with that uh, without getting into some long stories and a lot of things that I don't really understand, but I do understand when Vic, Victor Frankel tells me, uh, that there is a space between stimulus and response. And in that space, I get, I has the ability to choose my response. And my ability and the response that I choose is where my freedom lies. I'm just slow, loosely paraphrasing there. Um, but the uh, that's powerful. When something happens, it's incredibly powerful, and it's helped me a lot. When when something happens, and and, I, and that my first response is I want to get angry. I get to choose my cognitively. I choose my response. I make a bazillion choices every single day of my life to find the positives in everything. What, um, not to interrupt you cause you're on a roll and I love it. And I think you're bringing dude, absolutely valuable information to our listeners. How did you get there? I have like, no idea, but <laughs> you, mean, have, you have no, like what I'm saying is like some people have what's called a ricochet effect, right? They lose a parent. They went to combat and almost died. You, you just, it was something naturally you picked up. I, I love life. You know, I, I remember when I was a little kid uh, and there was a bunch of girls around that I liked and we're at school and it was snowing outside and I'm wearing like a Buffalo Bills starter jacket because I'm a big Buffalo Bills fan, even though it's from North Carolina, I was supposed to be a Redskins fan uh, like everybody else. Um, but I remember there was snow on the ground and there was this like perfectly angled ground, this like a nice hill and it was kind of angled down into this little ditch in the middle of it where I know my body would stay right there if I ran and slid on it. And I was like, man, I've got to go run and slide on that. That just looks like so much fun. And uh, I, I, all these, these girls I liked and all my friends that I wanted to be cool in front of and everything, which is the reason I was wearing my starter jacket, right? Because they were so cool back then. Uh, so I just like, I was like, I, but I got to do my, my, my desire to do this fun thing outweighed all of that. <laughs> and uh, I kind of lived a lot of my life like that. A little moment was, uh, was kind of important for me because of what happened afterwards. But I ran as hard as I could and I just dove and slid on my stomach forever until I got up. And then uh, I walked back to thinking about doing it again. And uh, the, the phys ed teacher there, one of our, our main teachers and disciplinarian of the place, he just looked at me and he's like, you really love life, don't you? Like, cause like, no, like there's no other kid even considered doing that, but like yeah, I had awesome. to do this. Right? And I was probably 13, dojo. 14 years old, you know, but yeah. like I could not pass this up. And I thought about that for like the rest of my life when he had asked me if I really love life. And I was like, yeah, man, do you I do. And then I saw a lot of life taken short, take cut short in, in Iraq. Uh, a lot of friends of mine, I mean, uh, I, I was teaching a lot, of, a lot in my unit, a lot, of, a lot of different companies, a lot of different platoons. So I, I knew, I, I knew a lot of people. And when we all went to combat, not a lot of those other guys came back. Um, and I've seen lives, close friends of mine, very close friends, lives cut short. We're talking, and then a few minutes later, we both go different directions, and the mortar hits near him, and he's dead. Um, and uh, I've seen that happen. And I've seen fra I've seen how fragile we are, man. We are, humans are so fragile. Like it doesn't it doesn't take much at all to kill us for us to die. A, a blood vessel could burst in my head while I'm talking right now, and it's all over. I have absolutely zero control. I am not amazing. Like I I have so little power uh, over my own life, uh, whether it continues or doesn't continue. Um, I, I'm helpless in a lot of ways, you know. So it's uh, seeing all that cut short. I believe people, it's cliche, but living life to its fullest, but that means something different for everybody. So be the best that I can be for everybody else. Impact the short time that I have here. Uh, 
leave something here because I, I want to be immortal. And I know I'm not going to be immortal because I'm going to live forever, but I want to be immortal in the stories that I write and the stories that I film. I want to be immortal in the, the lives that I touch and then they continue to touch lives. So I, I want to be immortal in that way because that's the only way I'll be able to be immortal. So I, I've done, I've, I've started my life to also living for some of those guys who, who can't live anymore. They don't get to have good days and bad days. They don't get days anymore. Right. Mm. So, uh, I, I, I want to have, I don't want to live my life miserable. And I, so I, at some point, you know, I, I'm a firm believer in college education, um, for a lot of different reasons, not because you're going to get smarter at doing that thing. There's a lot of dedication in that, a lot of discipline it takes to do that, a lot of well-roundedness, but the ability to think critically and clinically and uh, and scientifically and, and and actually the 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 whole evaluating thing and looking deep into stuff, not just at the surface and, and realizing when somebody's manipulating you, realizing how, how arguments work, uh, a lot of things. It, it's really helped me a lot realizing what people do to me and what kind of things and becoming more well rounded. And at some point. I started looking at everything critically, even my own life, myself, my own actions. Uh, and, and that helped me, not the college degree, but the path to it helped mm. me. Um, and some professors helped me because there's a wealth of information out there. Some of them, you don't, you should just let it go in one ear and out the other. Um, so, but it's, but it, there was a lot of things in that that helped me a lot uh, in my, and learning about myself and, and learning a lot and being able to evaluate other things that are way outside of what I was studying. And at, at some point I, I realized that, that, man, it's all up to me. I have this ability to choose. Like I, 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 the only, Victor Frankl also said, the only thing that you really, the only freedom you really have, the only liberty you really have is if you're sick, you're tired, you're hungry, you're dying, uh, you're fighting. It doesn't matter what it is. The only thing that you truly get to choose is your attitude, how you deal with those things and your attitude on those things. You don't get to choose where you're born, the country you're born in. You can choose your attitude and nothing else. And this Victor Frankl, if you don't know about him, look into him. Amazing individual, Holocaust survivor, was in many different concentration camps, including Auschwitz. This guy knows a little bit about having an attitude is the only true freedom he has. Wow. He has to choose his attitude. An awesome book, yeah. This was a meaning search of life. No, that's, is that the name of the book? I can't. Is the search of the meaning of life? I can't always so, get it messed up. Yeah, messed up. and um, and what he says is loosely translates to uh, choose life. You know, always choosing life. And I, 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 I'm a fan of of always choosing life, man. And to me, life isn't miserable, dude. It's this grand thing. And not only you know, God gave us this life, as, as you said a second ago, Rob. But my dad gave me my life. My mom gave me my life. Their grandparents did. Eventually, somebody came over here to the U.S. And they, they, they went through trials and tribulations and horrible things. They went through all kinds of stuff to give me this opportunity. My family name means something to me. Every time I tell my kids, every time they're going to a friend's house, when they're going somewhere else, when they're going out in public, like, you're representing Shaw's today, right? Like, I'm not going to be there. You're going to be there by yourself over here, but you need to, you need to keep our name the way it, clean, the way it is. And, and we're known as, as good people who help people. Uh, and we have, you know, our, our, our family motto is a uh, fight at Fortudine, right? So uh, with faith and fortitude, we, we, that's what we do. And uh, that, that's what we were called back in Scotland, right? Like we, and we hold, I, I hold that true. That means, that means something to me right here in Conway, Arkansas. Uh, that matters. And I, and I put it on my kids when they're going somewhere. Um, I, I'm representing them just like we represent the Marines that came before us. That's right. Um, we got, we have to continue to carry that torch and carry it the right direction and keep it lit. And, uh, and, uh, my family, they, they, there's been a lot of people who went through some horrible things. The sacrifices my parents made, their parents made to give me this opportunity. 
I can't waste it doing something I hate and just live a miserable life and then die one day because we're not escaping death, man. We're all going to die. It's coming. That's right. I think, I mean, man, I think that's so yeah. inspirational, dude. Yeah. I mean, I've read the book. I read that book about every year. I bought it actually. I read it in grad school and also read it. Um, I got a master's in therapy counseling. Yeah, and so I don't, I don't, I don't. I gave up my license. Uh, I counsel. I shouldn't say I counsel for free. I talk to friends now. Yeah, that need help. Yeah, he hooks to, me up on the regular. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm keeping check with that. But uh, the local therapy, I mean, it's a huge deal. This, I mean, just knowing somebody. And I think you know, if you've ever been to DC, also go to the Holocaust Museum. It's, it's my favorite one actually yeah. in DC. Just amazing. But uh, he his his attitude every day is like, you get up, you get a chance to. I'm going to react to this. And me and Ron talk about it a lot because I was like, man, we have we have a maid. I mean, we really, we live in a time where there's money in the bank, there's food in the fridge and there's, you know, and my wife, I'm naturally, I don't know if you're familiar with the Enneagram or not, we're huge Enneagram people, like character wise. I need to, if you have, if you don't know about it, you'll love it if you like characters. Okay. But my, it's my personality is like, I'm a, I'm a optimist, man. Just all the time. Yeah, all me too. Of which built that I way. annoy my wife and my optimism. I'm a, I'm a, my, my wife yeah. hates it. Like she's like, <laughs> so I was like, I was like, we got some more food, more money, more. I was like, what are you? What's what's yeah. wrong? I was like, you know, but that's just who I am. I was like, I, I'm. Yep. I was like, God's taking care of me. I'm not worried about anything. And she's, you know, complete opposite. But that's the way I'm built. But I mean, even every day of the gratitude, I'm a huge gratitude person. Try to get think of every day is like, you know, not just thinking about the moment. I'll think about moments I'm grateful for. Man, like a while ago, I was sitting here on the range seeing the moon. I was like looking up and I was like, man, how, how small Moments, man. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Appreciate, just, appreciate the small things. Oh, yeah. And that's just, I mean, that's what it is. And, and like today, I, I was like, huge long day, but I was like, I'm excited to come down here and hang out with my, one of my friends and, he, and me too that, you know, he's talked about a ton about. But those things that I, I look forward to enjoy. And I was like, it's like knowing those things that we have to live for. And like, this is not the end of it. Even like my dad, like, he's always got to have projects. It's funny. He's, got this farm he's worked on he's about killed himself like three times he slid a dozer down I mean like 500 feet down the side of a mountain and uh, he's like I'm ready to sell it so I'm starting something new and I'm like you're 73 years old but that's like same time I was like that keeps him going it keeps his mind moving like hey I got a, some, something yep. going and, and I, you know and one of the questions I want to ask you this because this is me personally I've been naturally curious my whole entire life and I mean, I feel like God's gave me some, a couple of things when I, I lived in rural Arkansas, but my parents bought me a set of roll book encyclopedias. Thank God. And I looked up everything, read about everything. I mean, at seven years old, which some stuff I probably shouldn't have read about, but you know, like, you know, <laughs> sit there, but those things like naturally, I'm still that way. I'm like, I'll get something on my mind, man. And I'll rabbit hole it down, you know, and, and I, yes. I'll have like, I should have a PhD and some stuff. My wife gets mad. I'll have all these books ordered. She's like, why did this come from, you know, like, what is this about? You know, <laughs> she's like, what are you reading about? And, but the, the curiosity though, has took me to some places, man, that's, I've got to do some stuff and meet some people and have conversations about things I would have never, you know, had a clue about. And, uh, but it's made it, it's made it fun too, to learn about, you know, people and the stuff they're interested in naturally. And, and how our minds work, which is, you know, I think, I think it's really cool that you're doing all this stuff. Cause I'm, you sound so much like me in a lot of ways. Cause I got a master's that I really don't use a whole lot. You know, I do use it, but not, you know, sitting there financially, but I'm still curious and still want to learn. I still want to know because those things like the critical thinking thing is like, you know, you know, how to be a problem solver, how to learn something new, a new skill and not be comfortable where you're at. Just thinking, Hey, I'm, I'm good. You describe my biggest hobby in yeah. life, man. It really is. Um, I, I got a master's degree because nobody in my family ever went to college. Nobody in my family ever went to college. So I went and got a bachelor's degree and then I went and got a master's degree. Now I, I want to figure out how to get a PhD. 
because I want to set the bar high for the kids, man. Like, you know, grandpa got a PhD and I'm not a grandpa yet, but like grandpa got a PhD. I, I want, I don't want them. I don't want to set it low. Right. I don't want to continue that, that no college thing. Uh, and I don't believe that you need a college to be smart and you don't need college to be successful or anything else. But, uh, I, I do, I, I try to set the bar high in, in every way the best I can, because I mean, my example is really all that really matters, right? I can say a lot of things, but if I'm not doing them, it doesn't matter quite as much. So man, I, my quest for knowledge on stupid stuff, right? That most people don't even care about. Like I talked about space earlier. Like I was asking, or, or his son, Ryan's son was asking questions and I was I was just trying to, he wanted uh, he wanted to play trivia. So I was just kind of coming up with questions and what I usually go to and stuff like that is because I was space stuff. So I was just coming up with all kinds of space. He's like, how do you know that? Yeah, I was in, a, dude, I was in a different room and I hear him in there just rattling. I was I like leaned in. I was like, how the hell do you know all this Never, stuff? Not useful for anything. But I, mean, I, but I, Jeopardy but I, maybe, you know, that's what it's, I, I, I just, I mean, I well, have to I think, learn. I think what, what men do is we get comfortable. We get comfortable in this thing and we start to uh, just hop into the cesspool of mediocrity and just say, you know what? I got enough. I, I, I don't need any more. I see it with training a lot. Like that's one thing that you and I relate. I train a lot. I mean, I work at a national academy and I see, about 500 students a year and that goes up and down but i see it it's this common thing amongst men is this i got enough i i, I need I, I know what i need to know and there's not this quest for knowledge and and i think where you guys are different you guys have had this constant desire for knowledge i haven't until probably i don't know maybe 12 years ago 10 years ago and somebody told me like if you're commuting, why don't you turn your truck into a mobile library? And I was, it, it hit me. And then I started listening. I started with Jim Rohn, R-O-H-N. I keep talking about him. Les, uh, Les Brown, um, all the motivational guys. I just started listening to him. And it, dude, it literally rewrote my brain. When you're so in when one you, of those books, one of those books by, by authors like that. Oh, yeah. Self-help is not the right word for them. It's, uh, it's mindset, motivation, dedication. It's a, there's a lot of better words for them, but there's tons. You get so much out of those. When you listen to one of those on your 20-minute or 30-minute drive to work, your whole day changes. Hands your mindset down. is yeah. different. You, yeah. you employ things that you heard and learned that morning. Yes. And it changes your, you and the people around you. Yes. Just and it, by turning on a book. And that's why I think I can have this conversation with you. You guys, like... That's why I think we so cool is getting us in a room like Rob and I, we're best friends, but I mean, we have a lot of similarities as men, but we're different. I mean, like you guys talk about, I naturally had this. Uh, I, I, Rob what? and I are better looking. Hey, hey, I don't Way know. Better <laughs> I don't know about that, bro. <laughs> but what I'm saying is like, um, just totally different uh, uh, mindsets. You guys, I'm always been like that. I, I had to turn my car in a mobile library and it rewrote my brain and people say, well, you know, Ryan, I can't buy all those books. An excuse negative. Go to YouTube. Your you library, go, man, mobile <laughs> library, audio books, put it on. I mean, think and grow rich. I mean, there's so many books out there that yeah. can change yeah, your I life. I listen to many of them multiple times Yes, because I, man, if I could have one wish, dude, I wish I was smarter. Like, I wish I could retain more, more information, you know, it's like, cause like, I'm, I'm not the smartest guy out there, right? Like, just because you got a master's degree doesn't <laughs> no, make you smart. No, it right? is not. Like, so I, I am, I am not like, I, I am, I am average. But you, you have, know? but you have a thirst and quest yes. to obtain. And that's what matters. And every, just like when we're talking about getting free and, and working and, and doing what you love and finding what it is, you know, just because you think you can do anything, but you can't do anything unless you're willing to put in the time. Nobody's saying it's going to be easy. 
Yeah. Right. Nobody's saying it's going to be like, Oh, it's going to be rough. It's going to be fun the whole time. Right. But if you're working toward that goal and even when you're struggling and you, you struggle to get one more step closer, you still got one more step closer. I had a volleyball coach. You can laugh at me and play volleyball for many years. Love the game. Um, but yeah, and it's a commonly used phrase, but I, um, it was the first time I heard it when I was a kid, I was playing junior Olympic volleyball. And he said, uh, he said, every, if you want to be good at this, man, every day you don't practice, it's going to take one more day for you to be good. Every day you put off your dream. Every day you put off your goal. It's going to take one more day for you to get it. Every mm. year you put off your dream. It's going to take one more, one more year before you, before you can get it. Wow. Right? You got to start. That's good, man. I had a, a, kind of on the same line, uh, kind of the self-help motivational guy. He was talking. I can't remember who it was, but he said, we're the only species on the planet that dies early. And I was like, wow. And I just listened to my car. You know, I, I'm telling you, I changed my life. These, these books, these audio books and, and listening and learning. They said, uh, today's, today's readers are tomorrow's leaders, but just listening and, 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 and absorbing it. He said, we're the only species that dies early. He said a tree, when a tree is planted, it will grow and grow and grow and grow and grow until the day it dies. It would just always grow. But human beings, if you think about it, you'll see somebody like I have a guy right now. You and I were talking about on the way to the range. He has all the potential in the world. But he works at like a gas station. He's died early and he just he he's I watch him and he's on this repetitive cycle. I deployed to Iraq with him. And he just, he, you know, he goes in, he works and comes mm -hmm. home, kisses his wife, gets up, and he just works this repetitive cycle. And it sounded and like talking early. to you that he was surrounded by negativity. Yes. And he had bought into a, into a victim mentality yeah. and people owe him something. Yes. Right? That's exactly right. Nobody that's owes a cancer. anything. That's a cancer, no. dude. And once it's get in, and what, and you know it's what's becoming a cancer in the veteran community. Uh, and that, yeah, I, I agree and sometimes a lot of people don't have the balls to say that. I agree with you. Well, I'll say it right now. You know, the know VA you has paid for me to go to college. They have helped me out significantly. And I thank all the taxpayers out there listening for, for choosing to help people like me. Uh, you don't have to. The VA doesn't have to exist. I don't believe that I rate the VA or I deserve the VA what they did for me. I agree. Um, I, I don't believe it. Uh, if, if I want better medical covers than the VA, I'll get a good job and pay for medical covers. And I'll work my butt off to be able to get it. I don't, I don't deserve this. I, I did what I did. But at the same time, this is not my right. This is because the good taxpayers of America, the citizens, wanted to help guys like me who, who, who gave a piece of their body or a piece of their time, a piece of their life, a piece of their brain, their, their mental state uh, in the service of their country. And the citizens of this country have came together and said they want to help us. Boom. This is, it is a gift. And I, I thank you for it. And when I see a lot of my, my brothers and sisters out there getting this, uh, this mentality to where it's everyone owed. owes them something, yeah. everyone like get them something, you know, thank me for my service. Um, and it's just like bashing everything while they're trying to take, 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 take. And they're not producing, they're not doing anything. Giving it's back. like, I, I, I feel like I did great things in the Marine Corps. Things for, for people in other countries, things for my, my fellow Marines. I did stupid things at the same time. But, and I'm very proud of what I've done. And uh, I've got pieces of paper that I'm proud to show my kids. Yes. You know, and uh, it's like, there's, there's things that, that really matter to me that have changed my life, that have made me who I am. And I would not change anything back there for anything at all. But at the same time, I don't believe that anybody owes me anything anymore. I still, ha I still have to continue to contribute and not take, take, take. I still have something to give. Mm. And when we start just taking all the time, then we stop giving. And then when we stop giving, you know, our, our level of, of fulfillment, man, it just goes straight down. That's, 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 that, an, American, that mentality is that's horrible. an American thing right now we're going to deal with. Uh, my huge deal is like 
I'm not huge political. I definitely vote and I definitely, but I'm like, Mars. I think it's the American people's responsibility to, to take care of the people around them, their family, their friends, the stuff. And that's, I think we're letting that down instead of like the whole thing. And then title of thing is bled over right now. I think it said, uh, student loan debt was like $1.6 trillion. And, you know, trying to forgive that. I'm like, okay, I understand forgiving. Why'd you go to, you know, like there's a thing there. There's a part of that. I'm like, and like the end time, I was like, I deserve this. I deserve this. I deserve that. And I was like, if we get everything we deserve, I was like, really? I was like, you deserve this. I mean, and it's just like the whole earning. I deserve thing. death. Yeah, man. exactly. I don't deserve yeah. anything. No, exactly. I, in my family, we joke around. We call it the D word. You know, yeah. we we don't deserve anything. We don't deserve any. I, I, t- I tell them all that we should be lucky in what we have. You don't deserve anything. Yeah. And that's the first stage of entitlement is the D word. As soon as you yeah. start throwing that around and making it part of your vocabulary and it's part of who you are, man, you're starting to catch the cancer. That's why I really, man, my kids are just a little bit older. I want to, like a mission trip once a year to like third world country. We can just go live there, hang out. Dude. And just, oh, man. If we could, <laughs> yes. That's one of my, my, my goals in, in life is uh, to, to use the the skills that I've been building for a few years and, and trying to get better at and the visual storytelling, I want to go tell stories and show people how good we have it, man. We have help so change good. that mentality because if you would have seen some of the places that that I've been to, uh, and not, I'm not the only one, obviously here. There's been just places like that, and then kind of weighed those against your life. <laughs> We've got it pretty dang good here, man. Even even like worst days are amazing. Like I'm not giving my kid up to the sex slave industry so they can make sure they're fed. You know, like I've got things pretty good, right? Like yeah. they, it gets pretty bad in a lot of places in this world. And we have it really good right here. Yes. I remember when I first came back, I actually, you know, just to be in a hundred percent transparent, no posing, no ego. I, I almost gave up on our, on our country, like on our society. I came back, and I didn't see as much as, I mean, some of the guys I served with, I mean, I, I had my little, my little events, but I came back and I'd be in Walmart. I mean, this is after two deployments back to back. I did two nine month pumps uh, during the initial push to Baghdad and then 2004. And when I came back, I was just twisted mentally. I, you know, we're, you know, we had guys die from mortars and I had, my sergeant was shot and I almost got my head blasted off. And, and I'm sitting at Walmart and this lady's complaining about the blind being too long. And I found myself getting like irritable, like, how dare you, you know, because they just don't have a perspective. But that's where if you were following Frankel, you would have an attitude, you would choose your your attitude and your response to that. And you would realize like you, I I believe I am enhanced. I I, I am, I don't, I I don't like to think of mine as a post-traumatic stress disorder. I have a post-traumatic stress enhancement. I like that. Is is, is what I have. Yeah. Because I feel sorry for that person who lacks the perspective yeah. that I have. Yeah. Uh, I, I am enhanced by my experiences and I would, I would, I would probably, you know, smile at her and talk to her and, and, uh, and make a joke. Cause that's what I do is make jokes about <laughs> you things. Do, do um, and, and I would, uh, but, but I, I would, I would try to help her because I would feel bad about that she, that's her only perspective. And, and I, I don't, I mean, I'm not saying I don't complain about being in a line. I, Walmart's so ridiculous. Like, and, and I, the DMV. I, I'm going to the self-checkout anyway. Can you talk like, about Arkansas company? Nothing else man. is tolerable. Arkansas company. So, but I, what I'm saying is, Daniel, as I think that it took maturity for yeah. me, you know, there's a lot of things I've done in life where I look back and I'm, you know, I can comfortably say as a man, I'm an, I was an idiot and there's things that I'm going to do this year. And then five years from now, I look back and say, I'm an idiot because I'm on a constant path of growth. But when I first got out, I, it, 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 it did bother me, but you're right. You know, what I found is I had somebody who kind of mentored me. I'm, I'm a big mentor guy. 
I want to listen and I, I'm a sponge. And when somebody says something, I want to collect it and put it in my collection and grow from it. And what he told me was, he said, Ryan, you're very fortunate. And I said, why is that? He said, because you've, you've get, you don't know how bright something is until you know how dark it is. You don't know how awesome things are until you see how bad they are. He said, Ryan, you got to see the, the worst. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to see people die either by your hands, your brother's hands or your brothers or sisters. So now, you know, now I walk around with such a positive outcome on life and I'm always in- encouraging others at all times because I've seen that spectrum. But I think some people walk around and, and, and there's this like neutral zone and they've barely seen either side. They don't know you know, you can't judge something. If you, you don't know how dark something is until you've seen dark, it's all perspective. And so using that for positivity, you know, that's why I'm always, always encouraging others. I mean, always, always being positive, no matter what happens. Yep. I know this is going a little bit long. I'm going to ask you a question. What book are you reading right now? Um, a few, actually. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like me. I get like a host on my bed. Let's open my phone for this one. Um, I I love Stephen King, right? So uh, I, I think Stephen King is a is a. Shawshank I, I can pick up like one movies. sentence or one paragraph and read it and just enjoy the way he wrote it, right? Because he just uh, the way he he paints pictures and setting and dialogue uh, and, and and different uh, dialects within his dialogue. He, he's pretty amazing uh, getting into that kind of stuff. But so but he I'm, I'm in the middle of Needful Things, almost at the end of Needful Things, but I keep putting it down because Stephen King should have made that book like uh, I don't know a third of its length because <laughs> it keeps getting so long. Uh, but so I've been going back and forth on that. Uh, I actually just started the, the war of art again. Um, I got in a fight with my wife cause I told her to read it three years ago. What? The art of war? The war of art. The war yeah. Of yeah. Art. That's the one Stephen yeah. Pressfield. Yeah. 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 I, told her read, I, t- I told her to read it three years ago, you know, like multiple times, like there's five books you need to read. She's reading the other day and I was like, Hey, you remember when I told you this? I was like, if you'd read it three years ago, you wouldn't. You could have read the other two books. Yeah, that's it. how you get in a fight. Exactly. Was like, yeah. you know, I was like, so somebody else tells you to read it. But you know, you don't. <laughs> that's a good to call. Me. That's how you get. But head I was kicked. like, you know, I had to keep going on that one. His so. wife's like six foot. Would head kick him, dude. That's uh, yeah. a good way to get in a fight. I just finished uh, Born to Run, which was an was amazing good. book. People have told me to read that for years. Um, it's so good, even if you're not into running. Is it the guy that wrote ran like a marathon every day for fifty days? Uh, well, guy? he was a he was a runner. Uh, he is, and he's a long distance runner. He wasn't like an amazing one at it, but he talks to some people who are. But the mindset of these ultra marathoners yeah. and the way things work and the way the human body works, the the spirit of like tribesmen and way middle of nowhere Mexico living caves. And, yeah, and I've been Africa. I've been down there too. It's at Taramar and Indians. Copper Can I've, Copper Canyon. Yeah, it's Tomar. Yeah. yeah, they're different. Like, they're like this tall man. They're like going up the side of a mountain like little goats. Go run for three or four days straight. Yeah, they, they call them the running people. Eat, eat Dude, corn. I, 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 I want to read that book, man. You've you know talked about it. Eat corn like it's crazy. Corn like, and beans. Yeah, that's that's it. it. That's what they live off of. Dude, and, and it's amazing. Yeah, you'll laugh at me, but I just finished the. The two first books by Tom DeLong, who used to be the guitarist and one of the founders of uh, Blink-182. He's cool. really into uh, UFOs and that kind of stuff. And he just got a contract with the U.S. government investigating, which is kind of funny. Uh, but I, I saw some of those videos that were released, and he helped get those released uh, that were recently released of some really iffy stuff with the UFOs. And uh, they were really interesting. It's it's, it's, it's it's fiction, but it's supposed to be creative nonfiction. Mm-hmm. But uh, he tries to fix as much, put as much fact and stuff in there as you can. But the storytelling in them is amazing. It's they're so good stories. Um, I really liked both of those books. So uh, uh, I'm all over the place. What's uh, what's one book you would say tell you tell people to read? Just 
That really depends. Favorite. You know, I mean, it can be your favorite, or you know, it can be. I mean, because I mean, I love. I love to hear this because people, everybody has a different the gift. Opinion. I give to people. Uh, there's a guy that I don't, I don't know. I have a lot of friends on Facebook that had known me from my podcast and from the firearms industry and the internet, and they just friend me. And uh, I don't, I don't know them. I don't, I don't know most people on my Facebook page. Um, but I had a guy a couple months ago posting some some of those like indicators that they're in a bad spot. They're in a dark place. Um, they're in a really bad spot, having a hard time, not knowing what their purpose is in life. Uh, so when that happens is when I see that, I, I just send him a message, man. I was like, Hey man, I don't know you, man. You're doing okay. And, uh, he's like, actually, no, man, I, my back's hurt. I can't work. I can't do this. I wash cars for a car lot. I can't afford, I don't have certain insurance to get back surgery. Uh, I've been in a job that I hate forever and this and that my girlfriend's leaving me uh, all kind of stuff. And, um, I was like, can we do me a favor? And, uh, I'm, I'm going to do something for you, but, you, but you gotta, you gotta promise me one thing. And uh, he's like, yeah, man, what's up, man? I've been following you for years. I totally respect you. And uh, I was like, I'm going to buy you an Audible gift for, for one month, and I'm going to get you one book, and you're going to listen to this book. And, uh, and then you, if you need another book and you can't afford it, you let me know, because i, I got a whole list for you to read. And uh, he said, I'll, I'll listen to it. And um, I bought him A Million Miles in a Thousand Years. Um, I can look at the off camera. Donald name. Miller? Sounds right. Um, a million miles in a thousand years. That's uh, basically the, the subtitle is, uh, the story of how I rewrote my life. It's Donald Miller. Um, yeah. He's the one who wrote the story brand too. That's why I, Oh, so good. He wrote, man. Like Jack, he wrote, he wrote like that, seven memoirs. It's like this. He's got, one. yeah. For somebody from somewhere, somebody in that place, in that, in that part of their life, having that hard time, um, it is, it is such a good book, uh, whether you're into, you know, religious stuff or not so religious stuff, it, it does touch on some of that stuff, but it is not preachy. Uh, it is, it is so well written and, uh, that with so many good lessons in that book, uh, and he, he said, and now he's always like listening to a book, you know, all the time he's washing cars, that he's listening to a awesome. book, he's been working on some stuff. He's got a, he's got an application in with a law enforcement agency, um, trying to get, he, he's just, it, this, that book changes made, it, made life. a difference in him and yeah. he's constantly reading now and he's addicted to positivity and, uh, it, it works and it is, is a powerful thing. Um, it, depending on where they are in life, if it's a veteran who's having a really hard time dealing with not understanding their, their mental responses to things and their, their physiological responses, like you having a hard time in the, in the Walmart, when somebody's telling me they're, they're, and I hear that they're hurt and they're angry about any, things like that, I give them uh, Tribe by Sebastian Junger. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's and, a good one. And it's an amazing book. I finished that one last, this year. It, that was a good one. I gave my boss recently for National Bosses Day, uh, Leaders Eat Last. And uh, Simon, Forever Gun Mag. And uh, that's a great book. You know, it's a, I don't think I've read that one. It's Simon Sinek's second good. book, I think. That's good. Um, next question. You're going into battle. What are you carrying with you? Sidearm and rock carving. We're talking like gunfighting? Yeah, gunfighting. Oh, AR and M4 and, uh, and probably... Uh, uh, well, right now, my probably my, my Glock 45 I've been running that's been doing good. Maybe a, maybe a VP9, H&K. You know, so. And a positive mental attitude. <laughs> yeah. Also carrying that. And a knife. <laughs> and a knife. Actually, I, I, I don't, probably not going to carry a knife. I'll probably carry a multi-tool. See you know? one bought for me. <laughs> I'm a big multi-tool fan. That'll work yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. No, man. Thank you so much, man, for being on here and just, uh, man, just, uh, I know it's been a long last four days and just coming and sharing. Um, hopefully we'll definitely have on you on here again soon just because, yeah. I mean, it added a ton of value. I mean, just the books, you, great books. And I think a lot of times we just, we don't see not all the depth. 
there's no way I could have seen that out there, even though you're a great teacher. But, you know, there's like a thousand things I want to ask you now about after the fact, you know, just yeah. to, and talk about and share with you, too, because there's so much. And I think that's the thing about a lot of people are like that. There's so many people out there that have so much, man, that, to offer. And you don't know their the world. story. You know, like they don't, you don't know their story. And they don't, sometimes they're afraid to share. It's like, hey, nobody's going to have anything in common or want to know yeah. about me or whatever. Or you know, even believe in themselves. But I think that's where it's not true. You open up. I think when you open up and you allow it, you can make, they can make an impact on you. Like, I just want to say, man, I appreciate you coming down here and teaching. But you've had an impact on me. Just, I watch how you treat your kids. And I watch how you treat your family. And it's not just a verbal show. Oh, I'm so positive. Uh, no, like that's your lifestyle. Like he, he's, we've hung out over the last four days and I just watch how he interacts and, and it's something that inspires me. And I think when you get to know and you can actually just let your ego go and, and be vulnerable in the conversation with no pose and no ego, not trying to, you know, impress or, 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 or posture, just being in the presence of and having conversations and watching, I just want to say, man, uh, not only are you a savage gunfighter and you can run guns and you can get it, that is so surface level. Uh, the depth is, is just the conversations that I have of dreaming and watching who you are as a friend and a father. Uh, that's where the respect comes from. And that's the kind of guys I challenge our listeners to surround themselves. Guys that are savages, that are that are tough, but it, deep down inside have a have a good heart and uh man you're gonna find that those are the dudes that would man they'll be there for you they're, they're the guys that we call having a band of brothers and so i appreciate it man thank um, you respect man. is mutual and I, I really appreciate that but you reminded me of a little saying that i say you know train hard to fight but train even harder to not have to fight man boom come on man well yeah. dude well, I just want to say something. La last thing that I'll say, and uh, and then we can close it out. Is um, man, I wouldn't want to spend. Uh, you know, it's a Marine Corps birthday, and um, you know, to be able to be around fellow veterans. You know, an Army vet, and, and then you know, my Marine Corps buddy. And then we're going into Veterans Day. It's just a real cool podcast. And yeah. hopefully our listeners can just kind of hear what's going on with these conversations. And you could take something, even if it's something small as one sentence, and listen to it. And, and it can make an impact in your life. Like, like Daniel was saying, man, dude, strive for positivity. Listen to the podcast. Pull something out and let it change your life. And, uh, man, uh, thank you. Thank both of you guys. I just want to say thank you, both of you, too, for serving, for, you know, I think a lot of times, not just Veterans Day or Memorial Day, we remember the dead or remember the vet. I mean, it's like, it's every day, man. We have friends and family and stuff. And, like, we live in a great country, man. Like, yeah, people do. sacrifice. I got dudes serving right now. Yeah. And I got agents that are carrying guns yeah. right now as we're on this podcast, going into harm's way or investigating things or training people. I mean, dude. Very thankful. Yeah, just I mean that. Just man, that, that, that thing with gratitude there. But man, thank you both. And just uh, man, I'm ex I'm excited about the future. These conversations always get me like fired up. I know just, uh, it's dangerous, dude. We stick around too long, man. We're we'll take over the world. Yeah. And Ryan, can you take us out here? On absolutely, man. What an absolute awesome honor to be here on Marine Corps birthday, Veterans Day. Hey, thank you guys for tuning in. Forged by Fire out. Mm -hmm.